Welcome to the Ron Huntley Leadership Podcast, helping leaders be a positive catalyst on the people they support, the organizations they serve, and the communities they live. This podcast will make you think, laugh, and grit your teeth with new determination to make your parish or business a place of transformation, passion, and purpose. If you're still breathing, you are powered for impact. What brings people back to church? What makes them stay? What needs to happen for them to own the mission? I'm Ron Huntley, your host, and our guest today has a story that you need to hear if you care about parish life and if you have a heart for people. Lori and her kids are absolute gold. I can't imagine St. Benedict Parish without them, and people like them. Enjoy our conversation. Lift off and the clock has started. One of the fun things about being at St. Benedict Parish was all the wonderful people I got to meet. And one of those wonderful people is my guest today, Lori McDonald. Welcome to the show, Lori. Thanks, Ron. How did you make your way to St. Benedict Parish? I don't think I know that story. Mm. Well, it's a bumpy ride. And um, what uh, I was at a place in my sort of life where I had two very little children. Mm-hmm. Um, they were about a year and a half and three years old, and I had gone through a difficult season. Um, and we were church hopping. I was looking for something to sort of fill a space. And uh, I grew up in a church, but um, in the more cultural sense, without right. sort of a relationship and um, and without an enduring connection. So. The kids and I had tried out a bunch of different churches. We were not fussy about denomination. We were just looking for something that fit a family. Yes. And anyway, throughout those travels, we landed at St. Benedict Parish. And I honestly, I was, I was captivated hook, line, and sinker. I'm a huge music lover. And uh, there was an electric bass playing nun. Oh yeah. In the band at the time. I forgot. And about I that. like I, I like immediately fell in love with her. <laughs> what a cool image for all of our listeners. Truly, she's in a full-on habit. And yep. she's playing the bass and she's just grooving. Rocking it out. And um it was just I was like, this is the coolest church I think I have ever been in in my life. And then of course, you know, a gifted pastor that some people might know named Father James Mellon. <laughs> locked eyes with me at some point during his homily and it was like he was looking straight into my soul so huh. anyway we came back we came back for the children's ministries and um for the beautiful vibrant community and to continue the search yeah so that missing did, was the saint benedict just on just like the next letter in the alphabet church hopping like how did you like why saint benedict <laughs> <laughs> Because we had tried so many, I think. No, fair enough. We, we had just actually, we had been going to some churches in Dartmouth, and then mm-hmm. we had tried um, a United Church um, in downtown Halifax. And actually, we had just recently moved from Dartmouth to Halifax in the Clayton Park area. And so that's uh-huh. we So in up. the neighborhood type thing, let's go check that exactly. out too. Yeah, yeah, love that. You know, you know it's, a, it's a wonderful renewal 
principle that I don't think I explore enough with my clients. And that is to get a nun that plays the bass. Like that is a strategy that's not exploited enough. Like I think we need to uh, get more nuns in full habits in a rock, <laughs> in Christian rock band. Like I, I think that's going to work. I never, come, yeah. Who right? wouldn't come to church for that? Because I mean, that really is the coolest thing ever. Totally. It was like Sister Act, live and in person. Right. And then we had that other sister playing the the fiddle, right? Yes. Oh, I forgot about her. Yes. Yeah. The same electric bass playing nun was um, sang the psalm too, and she had the voice of an angel. And oh, I forgot about that era. That is so fun that you brought me back to that. That was was special. Yeah, Yeah, really, really special. That's so cool. And so, you know, one of the other things in that, that I just want to bring the attention to that. You said at one point, Father James kind of locked eyes. I've never, I used to a lot of times be out front welcoming people when they'd come in just because I find that really fun because I'm I'm an extrovert. And so, and, and Father James loved it. So every now and again, he would stand outside with me for a few minutes before he'd go in and get ready. And every now and again, well, not every now and again, every single time somebody, he'd see somebody coming and say, what's your name? You're new. I've never seen you before. And I'm thinking, I'm standing out here every week. I don't, <laughs> I don't know the difference between somebody who's been a prisoner for five years and somebody who's never been here before. And so I made the mistake several times, of course, being inspired by him to say, Hey, how are you? What's your name? I've never seen you before. <laughs> and it blew up on me every time. It, I, I was never right once. I blew it up. <laughs> he has an incredible gift for seeing people that and recognizing people that are new. And yeah. he takes that very seriously because he really cares. And mm-hmm. he really does. And I just, I'm amazed by that. I, tr- I tried to be inspired by it, but he clearly has a gift for that. And so when you say locked eyes, I'm sure he did. And yeah. I'm sure he looked down and said, wow, okay, there's a lady I haven't met yet because he mm-hmm. would do that. Totally. Yeah, that is so cool. So at what point, because of course, we always laugh at St. Benedict, you can't be there too long before you hear about Alpha, but <laughs> well, how, how did you get, because I know you took Alpha, we'll get to why I know that later, but uh, <laughs> how did that come about? It was the same sort of thing. It was a, a proposition from um, the altar. Okay. And, uh, and then a friend said, I think I'm going to try it. You should try it with me. And I was like, okay. You know, I was, I was pretty open. Like I said, I was searching, you know, in earnest for this hole to be filled in my life. And, uh, so I went, I was a terrible alpha attendee though. Like I have to like confess right up front. I was only there about half the time. I was, yeah. um, I had my arms crossed, I'm sure, through every single session, given my host the hairy eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> um, not fully participating and uh, definitely not engaged. So huh. there was a lot of skepticism in my heart still. Huh. Neat. Isn't that neat how we can have both the searching and the, the guardedness at the same yeah. time, right? Like searching doesn't mean we're wide open. We'll take whatever, you're buying yeah. whatever you're selling. Like it's, it's, a, it's a funny mix sometimes. I still needed answers. Yeah. Mm, that's neat. And mm-hmm. being a, a, a single mom, that's tough, right? You have young kids to balance too. I'm sure sometimes that was some of the reasons that you couldn't be there. And 
Totally. And it was yeah. a shared custody situation. Actually, I can remember, Ron, you um, helping me through that once I got to the team aspect of Alpha. You were taking care of my kids some Friday nights. <laughs> I take care of your kids anytime. I love your kids. They're so amazing. So good. Your anyway. son reminded me of my son because uh, he's just so ridiculously gifted at anything sports related and just could throw a ball all day long and kick a ball. And, and so I, he, he really reminded me a lot of my son. So it was fun. That's so great. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that you had the energy to keep up with them and that it helped me stay engaged in it's ministry. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's, beautiful. it's fun. Yeah, that's awesome. And so, you know, and the, the joke saying that, you know, the reason I know you did Alpha is because at one point we invited you to give a talk because at St. Benedict, you know, not unlike HTB, I realized HTB doesn't use the alpha videos. And, right. and I, you know, and why don't they use the alpha videos? Because they want to develop leaders. And I, 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 I thought to myself, that is so cool. But the videos are so darn good. It's hard to move off them. It really was. But then one weekend, I don't know if you probably don't even know this, but one week, because we used to run the daytime alpha for people that are retired or maybe you know, shift work and stuff. Um, A lot of seniors attend that one. So it's perfect. And then an evening alpha. And usually we stagger the weekends, but that particular season, the weekend was the Holy Spirit weekend was on the same weekend. And back then they were DVDs. And so I only had one set (laughs) and I didn't, because I'm so bad at planning. I thought, oh no, like I literally the day before I'm thinking, Oh no, I have a problem. I didn't even realize I had a problem until it was too late. And so I had to make sure that the, 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 the retirees had the videos because they probably wouldn't be as engaged techno- technologically to find it on the internet. Right. So I thought, that's okay. It's okay. We'll do that. And I'll just get them off YouTube. Well, I didn't even try to get them off YouTube until we got to the weekend. And I can't find the real videos on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm not telling anybody because I know they'll have a panic attack. And so I found the ones that were actually the real talks given. So instead of the recorded talks, they were the real talks they gave at HTB for people like me and you. And they were really good. But honestly, I thought to myself, we can do that. Right. And so it was that kind of mistake that gave me, finally gave me the confidence to realize, because I saw their people doing it. And I thought, well, we're that good. Right. I'm just going to find people because I knew we had lots and we're going to teach them how to speak. And you were one of the people that gave talk. Which talk did you give? Gosh, well, I think I started with um, why and how do I read the Bible? Ah. Which is interesting. Um, now that I think back on it. Um, because I have really very little experience reading the Bible. Right. But there were some there were some key moments in my faith journey or before I even knew it was my faith journey that um God was leading me to his word for sure. Huh. And I'll, I'll tell you from somebody from an organizational perspective with all kinds of moving parts when you get up and spoke I was floored. I had no <laughs> idea that you could speak that well like I thought oh my, I didn't know you had that gear and I was so <laughs> impressed I was floored I was so happy for you oh listen Ron you're not alone I was floored too you know I am um, 
<laughs> I literally, I, I had spent my entire professional career dodging presentations, uh, effectively dodging presentations. <laughs> You're good and at it, are you? <laughs> I did it. I did a really good job of not doing any of my clinical presentations at work. And uh, somehow uh, you, you managed to help me say yes to this. And uh, wow, God certainly encouraged me toward it. And he carried me through it without question. Oh, wow. That is so cool. I did not know that. And, and, and that was one of the things that was always really important to me during my time at St. Benedict Parish is to develop people. And so many people like yourself, that would have been a huge step. Well, it's a huge step for any, it's a huge step for me. Anytime I'd give one of those talks, they're not short talks and there's a lot of people there and they matter. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there's a lot of, a uh, lot riding on it. But to watch people step up and share, I bet it caused you to grow a lot, didn't it? Yeah, in, in truly in the process of developing the talk, um, that was a that was a healing journey all in and of itself. It was just it was a beautiful process. It was like stories coming back into my mind that I hadn't thought about. Um, at all at that stage in the journey and looking back um, through journal entries and trying to figure out when things happened and connect the dots. And Mm -hmm. anyway, it was, it was really a beautiful, it's a, it's a journey unto itself for sure. Just developing this talk. Yeah. That's one of the reasons too, that connect groups were so important to me as a follow-up to alpha and giving live talks is because most most Catholic Christians, or probably most Christians in general, unless you're a minister, mm-hmm. you're not ever expected to give a talk. But it's the process of giving a talk, the mm-hmm. reflection, the thinking, the where am I going to add scripture? What's this? It really, really causes you to grow in faith and in confidence. Yeah. Yeah. That's so beautiful. So thanks for doing that. Thanks for, for witnessing to that. And it, you know, to go from the, like you say, the person that was looking and searching and skeptical to the person who's up there delivering talks that are just jaw dropping and, and honest and, and sincere and, and on point. Like how cool is that when you can see people grow from there to there? It's like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real gift. And I think that Um, the way that I've witnessed other people growing in that process is every bit a joy for me as it was actually probably more so because I don't have to be horrified about being the one who's on the hook for giving some sort of an inspiration in my words. But uh, (laughs) when I get to watch someone else move through those steps, like being on alpha team is an absolute joy every single time, just watching people move and grow and see themselves differently. Hmm. It's, it, as we're talking, because you and I being at St. Benedict, like we could literally walk into that church and we could just start pointing out the stories of transformed lives and mm. unbelievable growth in people who are unrecognizable, you know, and spiritual leaders now. And, and it's just so cool. And, and I really think, and that's always my hope for churches is that it's just not a place you go to. Like if you're the same person you were when you came in three years ago that you are now, then what a tragedy because a church I feel should be a place that makes people amazing 
Mm. You know, know, if you're a member of this church, then I want to help you be awesome. Right. Like it's such a testament to what God can do. You know, I, when I think about how inside myself I was, you know, how much time I spent navel gazing and don't get me wrong. I, I have a, a habit of going back into that <laughs> behavior every once in a while. But um, it just, I was, I was stagnant, you know, in my life. There wasn't, I had hit a ceiling yeah. almost, but there were so many facets that God wanted to illuminate and open up and share and gifts that I didn't even know I had until right. somebody asked me into positions where he could show me that there was some capability there. You know, it's, it's really incredible. And the absolute truth that the courage in those situations comes mm. from the Holy Spirit in an absolutely profound and unreasonable way. <laughs> 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 and it's, It's such a gift every single time, every single time that I'm surprised by myself or what God could possibly do through me. And every single time I get to witness him doing it through someone else. Right. Yeah. So cool. What type of work do you do or were you doing or in terms of your professional life? I work for the children's, the local children's hospital. And I'm a, I'm an early interventionist. So I work with um, children who have autism and their families. Oh, that's awesome. That's so cool. And the reason I ask is because, you know, sometimes as we get more and more engaged in church and grow in our comfort level and prayer, people just think, you know, oh, you must have been, you must work for the church or you must be one of those people that it's like, no, like, like so many of the people like yourself engaged in whatever professions they have, church just brings everything you know, Jesus brings everything alive if we're doing a good job as a church. And, uh, and you played some university soccer too, didn't you? I did. Yeah, I did. Painful experience I had with your kids was taking <laughs> a soccer ball to a little soccer field and that's just killing time with your son. And we were playing some game. And I used to play soccer too, just so you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's no bigger than a minute. He was really young. And I could not shake that guy. Like, I was, I almost had a heart attack. <laughs> He's got your skills in soccer. I'll tell you right now. He was so, it's like, you're too small to be this good. Would you stop? Let me beat you. I'm an adult. Like, I should be better than you. Stop it. I can't keep up with him either, so I can't help you there. You know, just, he's, he's small but mighty, and it seems like he has 10 feet. I don't uh. know. And he just mm-hmm. enjoys it so much. That's one of the things I love. He's just always smiling and loving it. The um, and your daughter's so beautiful. Like she just got such a spirit of kindness and and capacity and courage. I just she's a little warrior. I just love her to death. Too. She is a warrior. You're right. Yeah, yeah, she really is. You know, one of the things that and one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the podcast today was. Because I keep hearing from women all over our diocese about aura and how mm-hmm. how this women's movement or this women's ministry is just blessing the daylights out of them. And when I heard that, that I don't know if you started it, I just thought, this is the coolest thing ever. And so <laughs> I wanted to give us an opportunity to share with people, what is it? What are you, what did you do? Why did you start it? Uh, just to give some people some insight into it, because I, 
I just so grateful for you and the fact that you to continue to inspire and engage and, and make a difference. Thanks, Ron. That's so kind. I, I am, a, I'm a reluctant, um, disciple and, uh, God knows that. So he has to give me plenty of knocks over the head and, um, show me, show me my way in in a whole bunch of different platforms. So what kind of happened with Aura was um, not by choice, of course, uh, not, not by my choice, but clearly by his. And I had gone through a period of time, um, I don't remember how long it was, maybe a few weeks, maybe a month, where on a few different occasions, women came up to me and said, we really need to start a women's ministry. And they said, we, and then I said, yeah, you know what? I would totally go to that. You should do that. <laughs> That's a very good strategic tactic. To- <laughs> well, yeah. And, and involuntary, really. It's just what came out. And so <laughs> I, that happened a few different times. And God's like, okay, she's still not getting it. And at St. Benedict Parish, we like to have leadership summit. And I have the great honor of um, being invited to those for the last few years. And at the end of the leadership summit, we were praying in prayer triads over one another. And in my prayer triad, uh, I was, it was with two other women. And I basically said, I have felt this profound call on my heart from God, and it is not letting go. It's been, it's been, he's been keeping me up at night. I really feel like he wants to move me forward into something, but I really don't know what it is. <laughs> and so I, uh, I said, if you could pray into that for me, I would be so grateful. So they did. And um, the prayers were beautiful. And then nearing the end, as they were wrapping up, one of the girls said, God wants you to start a women's ministry. and. Honestly, it was that was the moment of conviction. All three of us opened our eyes from the prayer and looked at one another, and all three of us had tears rolling down our faces. <laughs> and it, and that is what propelled me forward. So I had no choice at that point. He robbed me of sleep. I was up for nights on end with inspiration, and um, we haven't gotten <laughs> to the laundry list of things that I want us to do, but we started in one place that was accessible and um, that was with connecting women with God's word. How do you do that? We, yeah. So we have a blog and from Tuesday to Friday, we unpack the Sunday scripture with the goal of making mass a little bit more meaningful Mm. and with Showing people truly how accessible the word is, that you don't have to be a theologian. I'm not a theologian. Neither am I. <laughs> we, we have a beautiful background of women um, ranging in age and life experience, and, mm-hmm. um, and they all have different perspectives, and the diversity is so beautiful. Um, and, it's so, and, it, and so our hope is that it's it is accessible and it offers an opportunity for people to pray with us and to take on the challenge of really praying deeply with scripture on their own. Mm. 
I would suggest that, you know, writing the entry for one of those blogs would almost be the equivalent of writing a talk in that you really have to reflect and, and consider and meditate and, you know, or take, you know, be intentional about your words. And, and so that would probably be a, just a wonderful gift that you're providing for the people that join you. Absolutely. You know, um, one of the girls uh, on our writing team will often um, come back to me. I'll send a reminder email each week saying, hey, you guys are up. Um, and <laughs> she'll often write back and say, really, I have to pray again? <laughs> so soon <laughs> so <laughs> it, it really is like it, you, it ta- you take it to the next level in terms of um yeah writing down what god's placing on your heart really considering um the context of what's happening in the world at the time and what's happening in your heart and um bouncing all that thing all those things back out into the world for people to hopefully relate to. Hmm. That's neat. And so how do you, what's the platform that you use for that? So we have a website, which is auraministry.weebly.com. And we uh, reflect on the Catholic liturgy of the word. So we're following, nice. yeah, living with Christ translation of the, of the Bible reading. Nice. And it's good, good, good. Love that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll get your, I'll get that website address and I'll put it in the show notes today if anybody wants to check it out. Um, and what else do you do? Well, we also have women um, gathering approximately every three months. So, and again, this came out of prayer um, and I was resistant to it. <laughs> Who knows why? I hear a but theme here. <laughs> I know. I know. Stubborn. I am so... Anyway, so uh, I gathered a group of much more capable women than myself around the table um, as a leadership team so that they could help me inform the growth of this ministry. And because I knew it had legs and I just didn't know what they were going to look mm. like and which direction they were running in. So um, we thought in prayer, we didn't think, but we prayed one night and that's what came out of prayer was we need to start gathering some women together. So let's do that thing. And we, we very much follow the, actually the alpha model in the way that we pray, pray together. We come together and, uh, there's a little introduction that talks about the ministry. There's a witness talk. We usually open in prayer through song. Um, we praise and worship through song sometime in the middle. We break into discussion groups to talk about what hit our hearts after we hear the witness. And then um, we have prayer triads to sort of close things off and women pray over one another. And it's just so beautiful. I, you know, I'm getting a reputation of, being a leaky faucet because I can't attend one of these things uh, in person or virtually without having a persistent tear running down my face the entire time. (laughs) It's just so it's gorgeous. The women are beautiful and their gifts are so vibrant and on fire when they come together like this. And it's it's a real Uh, inspiration. How did you launch it? Uh, Was it something that the church 
invited everybody to? Is it word of mouth? Like, tell, tell me a little bit about that. Well, we jumped on to three different social media platforms, <laughs> okay. but yeah. as a start and um, outside of that, it's been mostly word of mouth. So right. um, the women that are on the leadership team are not all from the same parish. They come from varying parish- parishes throughout the archdiocese. Right. And so they have pockets of women that they're close to in their lives and and those women have pockets of women that they're close to in their lives. And so we just broke it wide open, just said, you know, please invite women. Let's yeah. just come together and pray and see what God does. You know, what's so beautiful about that? It's, it's, and, and, and again, correct me as we're, as I want to unpack this, but, you know, sometimes we get an idea. And so we go to the priest or the leaders in the church and say, this is what you need to do. And this is what's needed because this is what I need. And I talk to a bunch of other people and that's what we need. So what are you going to do about it? And and it's so hard for pastors and leaders because it's like, they've got a zillion things that they're trying to manage. And it's comp- it's far more complicated than people think it is. And, and so here you're inspired. I'm not hearing that you put it on other people or put it on the church or put it on the communications team. It's like, no, um, we're going to do this. And, and you found ways to promote and invite. And it, it just sounds so organic. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly, Ron. Organic is a great word for it. And uh, don't get me wrong. I did go to my parish priest and yeah. ask for his blessing. Um, but that's, that's all we asked for. Yeah, you know, so we prayed um, with you. And... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hmm. And other than, like, outside of that, I mean, I've been in St. Benedict Parish long enough to know how very many ministries they have running. And we really didn't need anything from the church in the sense that, you know, we had experienced a connect group format. This is yep. essentially that. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone on the leadership team was more than capable of running the whole thing themselves. So it was, it was easy to put together and, you know, like there was something that I learned. I felt an enormous pressure as um, really, I guess the founders of Aura Mm -hmm. um, that I needed to organize all the things, you know, like that I had to make sure that I, had my hand in everything that was going on for these gatherings so that it was done right and it was done effectively and and people would want to come back and um <laughs> I quickly learned <laughs> that that puts a halt to the whole thing really you know <laughs> I needed I needed to totally surrender um control of it and let people really flourish in their giftedness because let me tell you, like if I was responsible for the administration of all the things, not much would happen. You know, yeah. it's that's yeah, we can get just crushed under the weight of success sometimes, eh? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's like, well, if this doesn't work, that would be embarrassing. Yeah, if it does work, it might crush you. So that would be embarrassing. Yeah, so there's that. Yeah. yeah there's that. <laughs> I, I love what I hear you say too that. You know, you had this idea and you did, you, you did go to the parish priest for a blessing. It wasn't like, ah, I'm just going to do something on my own. It's like, no, you, you went and you consulted with your pastor and had a conversation and got a blessing so that, you know, he knew what was going on. He was informed. And, you know, if yeah. it was problematic because they were just about to launch something else, I'm sure you would have sure. said, oh, I didn't know that. And you probably would have backed off. Hey, eh? like, yeah, totally. Know? Yeah. And so it's, 
know, working in communion with our pastor and the leadership doesn't always mean dumping everything on people, but it also, hopefully if it's done respectfully, also doesn't mean going rogue and not being in communication. Now, depends on how priests lead. That might be the only choice people feel like they have, but you've just got a wonderful relationship with Father Simon and and I know how yeah. much he respects you and your family. And, and yeah. so I love, I love that. I love that. What a great story. And so if there are women listening, which I'm pretty sure there are, uh, mm-hmm. in different places all over the world, which they are, um, they're thinking, huh, you know, you're a, you know, you're a lady who doesn't work in the church. You have a profession, you have young kids and, you know, you weren't always, you know, Mother Teresa, you know, you were away and then you're, you're searching. It's like, wow, that's my story. You mean I don't have to be a theologian? You mean I don't have to be a, a, you know, a religious to, to, take a, to take on a leadership role and influence and gather women to do great things? And they might be going, I'm a Lori. Like, mm-hmm. I'm the Lori in England or I'm the Lori in California or I'm the Lori. Mm-hmm. What would your advice be to them if they're feeling convicted that maybe they might want to do something like this too? Well, just do it. You know, um, if you're feeling that prompting on your heart, it's, I couldn't even express the gifts that have come back. You know, it was a lot of work up front um, to get started, but it was work done with absolute joy. And um, the fruit that came of it at such a quick, in such a quick period of time <laughs> was astonishing, really. And I'm so grateful for it. So you can absolutely just do it. You can also, and we encourage people um, in the parish when we gather together um, in the archdiocese, I mean, when we gather together, we're always encouraging women to go out and gather groups of women together themselves. And we have, um, we have a format that we follow. If you want to reach out to us by way of the website, you can absolutely do that. We would love, love, love to talk to you about just how easy it is to get yourself set up like this it's it's so accessible we do before you know we were confined to um digital gatherings we were coming into people's homes and now mm. mind you we were we were capping the numbers at 50 women because we didn't have homes that were big enough to hold them all um but we did have one home that was big enough to hold that many and it was amazing every single time. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a very, it's very accessible. It's very beautiful. We encourage women into their vulnerability when they're giving their witnesses and then accompany them along the way as they're, as they're growing in their faith journey. Oh, that is so beautiful. Does Aura stand for something? Like, let's tell me about the name. Hey. Ah. It, it means to pray. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That is so beautiful. Well, if you're listening to this, uh, one of the things that I love about St. Benedict Parish, one of our values is always to be generous and to help others. Uh, and so Lori is throwing an offer out there. If you're feeling convicted, um, or if you know somebody else who would be great at doing something like this, get them to listen to this podcast and, and reach out on the 
on the website and and are, are, are ladies able to join in and just to see any of it or experience the blog like is that something anybody can do yep the readings are totally accessible to anyone um and all of the reflections are online you can find us on facebook twitter and instagram the posts go out from tuesday to friday each week and then if you subscribe on the website you'll get all of the reflections from the week for the um for the following sunday in your email inbox so that's one way also on the website um there's a gatw page what's that mean The GATW page will give you um, the event listings for when we're gathering next. And because we're doing it digitally, you are all welcome. Wonderful. Wonderful. That is so cool. Lori, I love your story. I, I love how you're a young mom searching and I love that you are persistent in your church hopping, you know, and to, to really find a place that connected with you, that you felt would feed you, that you could grow. And, and I'm so glad it, it happened to be at St. Benedict Parish where we got to be a part of that. But to watch you grow, I have to say, was so inspiring to me and you never cease to amaze me. And then when I, again, when I heard you were doing or I just thought, Oh, this isn't the coolest story ever. And so thank you for sharing it with the listeners and, and being with me today. Thanks so much, Ron. It's such a gift to reconnect with you and to be on your podcast. I love listening. It's so much fun. <laughs> Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. Big shout out to Sister Edith and Sister Alaria, who helped bring contemporary music to life in the early stages at our parish. Every parish I work with seeks to reach people like Lori and her kids, but not all parishes know how to lead in a way to make that happen. If we can help at Ron Huntley Leadership Coaching, email us at connect at ronhuntley.com. Don't stop bringing renewal until you have 10 stories like Lori's. I want to encourage you, as you lead this week, be faithful to God and generous to others. See you next time. And remember, if you're still breathing, you are powered for impact. Thank you.